Hey, it's uh, great to see you all here today on this very special day. My name is Dave, I'm the lead pastor, and you are joining us on our grand opening weekends in our new home. So thank you very much for coming, it's good to see you. So I have to tell you, as well as it being our grand opening weekend, uh, we actually chose this date uh, intentionally because it was six years ago today, September the 8th, 2013, that I got to stand on a stage at Washington Middle School and welcome people to our very first public service of Connect Church. So it's also our six-year anniversary as a church. And it's been incredible looking back over the last six years in just such a short space of time and see just how much has happened. I'm just blown away and I find myself thanking God a lot recently just to how much we've packed in, how much we've seen take place in just six short years. Because isn't it amazing when you look back and you see how quickly things can change, how quickly things can happen. I can remember... Uh, 2007, the very first iPhone came out. Uh, if you know me, you'll know that I had to have it. So I was uh, in line. I got the very first iPhone. I can remember being at Woodfield Mall. We lived up in the suburbs of Chicago at that time. I was at Woodfield Mall. They had only been out a day or two, and I was at Starbucks. And the girl serving me noticed, and she said, is that one of those new Apple phones? I said, it is. She said, can I see it? I was like, absolutely. So I remember swiping, opening it up, showing her a picture. And she's like, wow, that's really clear. That's a great picture. I was like, yeah, watch this. And I pinched it and the picture zoomed in. She's like, she was just mind blown because we'd never seen anything like that before. And yet just a few short years later, that was just 12 years ago, now I've watched little kids walk up to TVs and swipe (laughs) and get frustrated that they can't manipulate the screen, you know, because for them, that's the new thing, that's just normal. This is life now. Every phone, every screen should be able to do that. It wasn't long after I got my first iPhone that I signed up for something called Twitter, you may have heard of Twitter. It, was, um, uh, it, it came before, really, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. Before they all got big, Twitter was there. And um, I remember, I wanted to get it because a friend of mine had it. And it was the beginning of social media. We just didn't have social media back then. We were only talking 10 years ago. 10, just 11 years ago, actually. And um, I remember loading it on my phone and talking to my friend. I'm saying, so how does this work? And he said, well, you just you just write stuff. And I'm like, well, what stuff? He goes, anything. And I was like, well, why? He says, because people who follow you on Twitter, they can read your stuff. And I'm like, why? Why, why would I do that? You know, it's, and it just didn't make sense. But uh, very quickly, uh, I realized that based on how my life works, I was going to get some good use out of this because there was plenty of stuff, it turns out, that I had to write. In fact, I went back and I found my very first tweet. I'm going to let you read that with me today. November 12th, 2008, Tooth Fairy visited Ben last night, my son, left a dollar, then left the tooth on the bathroom sink where he found it this morning. Stupid fairy. (sighs) And this began a wonderful relationship between me and social media where I've on a regular basis been able to post just stupid things that happened to me. So it's actually worked out to be very helpful. Um, But it was so funny because I can remember back then just a short 11 years ago, this was such a weird concept to write stuff for people to read. Now we're taking pictures of our breakfast and posting comments and uh, updates of our family. and, And we just can't imagine life now without social media. And yet that was just a short 11 years ago and how much our lives have changed in such a short space of time. 
It was just a little over six years ago. It was January of 2013 that I was sat, Casey, my wife, and I, we were sat in our living room with four other couples. These, these five young couples right here were sat in, in our house dreaming about what it might look like to start a new church in Washington, Illinois. We were all friends, and we'd come from different backgrounds and different church backgrounds, and we had this vision, this dream. We, we knew that there were some great churches in Washington, but some of us who lived in Washington, we were attending churches in Peoria, and we would invite our friends and our neighbors who didn't have a church home of their own to join us, and no one wants to go all the way to Peoria. So we thought, you know, why don't we start a church here in Washington? And this young chap in the back row, this baby-faced Andy Brown there in the top corner, he said, we could call it Connections. And we were like, that's a dumb idea. Let's call it Connects. And that's how we came up with <laughs> That's how we came up with Connect Church. So Andy almost named the church. It was great. <laughs> but he got us on the right path. And, and here we are this morning at Connect Church. Six years ago today, stood on that stage of that middle school. It was just incredible. Thinking back to, to just earlier in that year where, where we'd started off in my living room thinking and praying and we started to build up a team of other people who had a similar vision to want to be a part of a brand new church. And by the time we got to September with this, this launch team we called ourselves, this, this group of people who were ready to start this brand new church. And it just amazed us to see people show up and people come. And then the following Sunday, they came back again, which was even more amazing. And just to see this church grow and develop and to see all that God has done in this last six years. And, and again, it's just unbelievable how much has happened. How many lives have been impacted, families changed as they've encountered Jesus through the ministry of Connect Church. To promote this opening weekend, we put a post on Facebook. We sent a postcard out in the mail, and we were just encouraging people to join us. And uh, many of you who attend on a regular basis, you shared the post and invited your friends and neighbors and family. So it was cool getting to see that, you know, spread around on Facebook. But I, I loved one particular family. This lady, she posted, quite possibly the best decision my husband and I have made was walking into the doors of Connect Church a mere year and a half ago. Personally, I know I'm a better wife, mother, teacher, and friend because of what I've gained within these walls. We have made so many friends, learned so much, had so much fun at church. There really are no words powerful enough to explain what Connect has done for me and my family. Sunday is Connect Church's grand opening in its new home in Washington. I'd love it if you would join me, or if you want to know more, I love to talk about Connect. And as I read that, it was just so humbling and encouraging because I knew this lady. I know this lady. I know her family. Last year, I had the opportunity to baptize her because she made this decision to go public with her faith. And she wants to, to stand up and say, I want everyone to know that Jesus has changed my life. She chose to get baptized. And the great thing is I know her story. I know that her husband's family has started to attend. They didn't have a church that they were a part of. I know that the reason she started to attend in the first place is because a friend of hers had been coming to Connect for a while before that. And she saw the difference in this friend's life. 
And she was inspired. And, and she said to this friend, you know, I can see something's changed in you. I see you when we talk and I see things you post. What is it that's different? And this friend said, well, since my husband and I have been attending Connect, we've just encountered Jesus in a brand new way and he's changed our lives. What was super cool was not only did this lady post this on Facebook, but the lady that inspired her to come to church also posted on Facebook an invite. Hers was just short and sweet. She said, this church changed our lives. Jesus changed our hearts. And I know these people, and I know and I can see the work of God in their lives. And I'm just so encouraged as I think back over these last six years to the the dozens and dozens of stories like that. All the connections that took place between one person and another, an invite and an opportunity to come, all those connections that drew people home to a relationship with Jesus, drew people to our home, all a part of what brought us to, to our official home this morning. All happening in just six short years. And I got to thinking about this morning and what I wanted to talk about and I thought about the the four guys who wrote about the life of Jesus. Their names were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're familiar with the way the Bible's laid out in the New Testament, it starts out with these these four uh, accounts that we have of the life of Jesus. And they're, they're told by four different authors, and their names were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each one of them, as a whole, tells the, um, the story of the life of Jesus that many of us are familiar with. They tell of his birth in the manger. They tell of the the story of the angel and the shepherds and and everything we know about the Christmas story. They all talk about how he grew up to be a man and um, over a a three-year period, he, he spoke and he taught and he preached and he healed and he connected with with people who others in that society had kind of turned their backs on, but Jesus came and he showed love to them and he reached them and he embraced them. They all tell the story about how um, Jesus, an innocent man, was arrested and tried and crucified. And yet even that was part of his plan because his whole plan was to come to earth to to rescue us, to, to create a bridge between us and Father God, a bridge that had been broken because of the, uh, what the Bible calls the sin in our lives, the wrong things that we do, but a bridge that was restored through Jesus' death on the cross. They all tell the story that it didn't end there, that three days later he rose again. And that resurrection, him rising again, it changed his disciples. It changed the world. They went out and they proclaimed this amazing story of the risen Jesus. And the church began. And 2,000 years later, I'm stood on a stage in a church that began 2,000 years ago as the disciples spread that message. But what's fascinating is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all tell the same overall story. But each one of them, when they were writing, they were writing with a different audience in mind. So Matthew... When he was writing the story of the life of Jesus, he was writing it in particular to the Jews at that time, the people of Israel. He wanted them to understand the story of Jesus, but he also wanted them to understand it in their context. You see, the people of Israel, they had 2,000 years of history of a relationship with God. So Matthew knew this, so he couldn't just jump in and start talking about who Jesus was and the change that he could make in their lives. He wants to take them all the way back. He wants to make those connections 
so that his audience, his Jewish audience, could make the connection between who Jesus was and how he had come to be. Matthew is one of the only other four who talks about Jesus as the Messiah because the people of Israel have been expecting this Messiah to come and, and Matthew was saying, this is him. Jesus is the Messiah. But Matthew chapter one is a very interesting chapter. It's one that you've probably skipped over if you've ever read uh, the Bible because all Matthew chapter one is is a genealogy. It's this dad had this son and then this son had this son and this son and it goes on and on and on. And you've probably looked at that and just skipped straight through and gone to chapter two and it starts talking about Joseph and Mary. But Matthew put that in for a reason because he wanted the connection to be made. He wanted these Israelites who are reading this story of the account of Jesus' life to know that this didn't begin here. This began thousands of years ago. A man by the name of Abraham had a son called Isaac who had a son called Jacob and he went on the way through to, to King David and then on the way through and finally we arrive at Jesus. And Matthew wanted his audience to know, hey, every one of these, these stories that you're familiar with, they've all brought us to where we are today. So before we step into the future of Connect Church in our brand new building, I want to take a few minutes this morning just to look back over the last six years at some of the stories that have brought us to here, some of those connections. Because just like when Matthew was speaking to his audience, I want you to recognize the connections that have brought us to where we are today. That group who was sat in that living room, it started to grow. So by the time we got to Easter of 2013, uh, there was about 40 or 50 of us. And we decided, hey, wouldn't it be great if um, the church isn't ready to launch yet, but we could gather together and have our own Easter service on Easter Sunday. So we emailed some of the schools. We emailed the high school. We emailed Central. Uh, we emailed Washington Middle School. And the first one to respond, this is the... This is the only reason this happened this way is because the first one to respond happened to be Washington Middle School and they said, yep, our building's available if you want to have your service here on Easter Sunday. So we did. We went in on Easter Sunday and we set up and we worshipped and we had a message and the kids met. And when we got done, we kind of gathered together and we said, you know, that was a really great experience. That was a really good venue for that service. We should ask them if we could do that again. So we emailed and they said, yeah, you can do it again. And then we emailed again, and when they said, well, yeah, you can do it again. And then we emailed again, and they said, hang on, this. <laughs> how many times are you going to do this? We're like, well, maybe every Sunday until we find a building. <laughs> so I met with a superintendent, and he spoke to the board. And at that time, there were no schools in the area doing anything like this. But they came back, and they said, yeah, we'd love to enter into a relationship with you. We'd love for you to use our building. And for six wonderful years, we had a great relationship with Washington Middle School because we were looking for somewhere for an Easter service, and they responded. That first connection was made into our journey to Washington Middle School. We knew that our ultimate goal was to have a home of our own. So about five years in, we found out that this building, this entire building, it used to be Walmart. Tractor Supply were in here for a while, and then for a while it sat empty. It was up for sale at an auction. So I'm like, God, we can't afford a building like this. This is way bigger than we need, way more expensive than we need, but here's a chance for you to do a great miracle. So we're going to bid on this building. And God, I've got a good idea. Why don't you do it so we're the only ones who bid on it? And we get it for this amazing price. 
And I can stand up in front of the church and I can say, listen to this miracle. God gave us this building for $300. Or, you know, I was, I, I, I'm like, God, come on, let's do something incredible. So we, we knew this maximum that we could afford. So I got on the website and uh, the first, you know, when the auction went and it started and, and we put in our bid and I'm like, we were the first ones to bid. I'm like, God, this is it. This is it. We're going to get it. And then someone else bid. And someone else. And so before you knew it, within about 20 minutes, it was way beyond our price range. I said, God, you blew it. <laughs> I had a great plan, <laughs> and you missed it. <laughs> now, fortunately, it turns out that God has some plans of his own, and, and sometimes they're better than mine. <laughs> Most of the time, all of the time, they're better than mine. Because unbeknownst to me, a couple of guys who live here in Washington and some business partners of theirs, they were also bidding on this building and they were the ones that won the bid. They purchased this entire building. And through some connections in the community, they knew about our interest and, and they came and met with us. They said, hey, we heard that you were bidding on the building. And we said, well, actually, if we're honest, we only wanted this bit. We had no idea what we were going to do if we ended up with the whole building. We just wanted this bit for our church. And these two guys and their business partners, they started to learn more about who we were as a church and what we were doing. And as businessmen and as a business group, I'm sure there were dozens of opportunities that this building could have held for them. But we said, would you consider selling this part to us? And they met, and for a very, very reasonable price, they agreed to sell this part of the building to us. Another connection in the story of what God's done. Now, there's a super byproduct to that connection. So of these two guys, one of them uh, attends the church in Peoria, still attends the church in Peoria. The other didn't have a church home of his own. So he and his family, they come to connect to the middle school because they discover that there's a church wants to buy their building. He's like, what kind of church meets in the middle school? This is kind of weird. So they show up at the middle school just to check us out and see if we're for real. And, and they realize when they get there, oh, this is a, a legitimate church. They've got like musicians and a guy with an accent who speaks and kid stuff. And, uh... and it turns out they enjoyed the service. And they came again and again and again. And this wonderful family are now a huge part of Connect Church. So not only did God use them to help us purchase our permanent location, he had a plan to reach this family as well and bring them into Connect. And we've been honoring some of those connections over these services this weekend. And I want to pause for a moment in this service to honor those two gentlemen, Scott and Dane, who purchased this entire building, who could have done anything with it, but who, unbeknownst to them, trusted God to, give, to, to sell to us. So I've actually got an award that I want to give them, and they're here today. So Scott and Dane, would you come up on the stage? I want to shake your guys' hands. Here, come on. And they're going to be mad at me because they don't want the, uh, the recognition here, but I want to tell you guys both, thank you so much for the part you've played in our journey, in our story. It means an awful lot to us. And we got a special award to A&J Storage that you can put on your desk. Yep, there you go. So. <laughs> so would you thank these guys again? Thank you so much, guys.
Just an incredible connection. God, God had this plan when they bought this building, and we ended up with just the part we needed for just the price we could afford. And literally, as we're signing the deal, as we're shaking hands, we get news that next door there's a car dealership that's just caught fire. And I get a call from Gary Aftering saying, hey, I know you've just bought this building, and I know you're hoping to move in, and I know that after five years of setting up and tearing down, you're excited to finally have a home of your own, but would you consider pushing your plans back by a year so that we could do business out of your building? so that my employees won't lose their jobs, so we can still cons- run as a business here in Washington. And I was like, so let me get this straight. So for another year, spring, summer, fall, winter, we've got to unpack the trailer, pack it again 52 more times than we... But we said, yes, absolutely. We believe God put us into this community, not just for ourselves, but to to impact our community. This was a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to serve that great organization. Last night, I was able to give an award to Gary and Kay Uftering and thank them for their partnership. Because, yeah, we should give them a round of applause as well. And here's why they deserve the the applause and the thanks. So many of you don't realize this, but... um, after that, I had a lot of people in the community who would come and shake my hand and say, hey, thanks for what you did for Afterings. That was really great that you did that for Afterings. But what a lot of people don't know is what Afterings did for us. Gary and Kay Afterings are wonderful, godly Christian people. And throughout the whole process, when we were building after they moved out, I would have electricians and plumbers, and they'd say to me, well, yeah, this, this would have cost this much, but it's going to cost a lot less now because when Afterings came in, they, they actually did all that. Or this would have been a much bigger job, a lot harder, but, but now it won't be because Afterings, they took care of that. I got to hear a story afterwards of how when they moved in, uh, the fire inspector came and he said, well, your service area, uh, we need another wall here for fire safety. So you're going to have to build some extra drywall along here. And they said, well, how much do we have to build? They said, well, just enough to cover the service area. So about a third of the length of the building. They said, when Connect move in, will they need to do this? He said, yeah, when Connect move in, they'll have to finish that, the entire length of the building, because they'll need it for the whole building. He said, then let's do the whole building. Let's do the entire length of the wall. So there were things they did they didn't have to do because they wanted to to bless us as a church. These incredible connections. and, And standing here on this stage today, I'm so humbled and so thankful to God as I think of all these different connections that, that he orchestrated, his plan that bring us to here today. We've been able to impact our community and the world because of the way that God has moved. And I don't say that lightly because many of you know that we have impacts in the community. You're part of that story. But this little church in central Illinois has had an impact both on the United States and the world. From the first day we started, we decided we wanted to be a church that helps plant other churches. So over the last six years, we've helped to plant three churches here in the United States. And this weekend, two of those churches are celebrating anniversaries of their own. Unlock Church in Minneapolis, they're celebrating their four-year anniversary today. And Anthem Church in Boston is celebrating its one-year anniversary. And we helped to plant those churches. You helped. When you give in the offering, your gifts helped to plant those churches. But not just here in the United States, overseas. We learned about an organization called Compassion that was doing incredible work with children in poverty around the world. 
And we discovered that in Ecuador, there was um, many churches, many pastors, many children living in poverty. The compassion could reach and make a difference in their lives, but the obstacle was that they didn't have the funds to build the church itself. So other than the church itself, they had the pastor lined up, they had the kids in need, um, people ready to sponsor the children, they just didn't have the church building. So we here at Connect say, well, we want to do something about that. So through your gifts over the years, we would set money aside in our missions budget, and we were able to help plant three churches in Ecuador in the last uh, six years. So this little church in Washington, Illinois, making a big difference locally and globally. And then last fall, Casey, my wife and I, we got to go on a trip to visit one of those churches. And while we were down there, the people at Compassion and Stadia, another organization that we work with, they said, you know, there are more opportunities to plant more churches. And when we left, we said, Casey and I, we said, we're going to do that. We're going we're to build another church next year. Let's build another church. If we're building a church in Washington, Illinois, let's build one in Ecuador as well. Because the cost to build a church in Ecuador is $87,000. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but compared to what it costs to build this building, you can build a lot of churches in Ecuador for what we spend here. So I was thinking, man, for all the money we've built here, wouldn't it be great to have some of that money and use it to build this church down there? So I came back and I met with my leadership team and I said, guys, we've just been on this trip and I really feel like we should, as well as all the money we're spending on this building, we should spend some more money and build another church down there. We had about 25% of what we needed, the $87,000 to build it. So I said, let's just, let's just do it. And they said, Dave, we don't think that's the wisest use of our money. You know, we've got this big building program, maybe, maybe next year. And they're right. And it was super wise and super practical. And that's why we got these great leaders but after they told me, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Because God had put this, this dream in my heart. And I knew practically it, it, it wasn't the right move to make. But I also knew that God is outside of the realms of practically sometimes. He wants to do things supernaturally and miraculously. And I found myself sometimes waking up at night just, just thinking, that, God, I really want to build this church. I really believe this is your plan. And then God gave me this idea. I had this, this idea. And to share the idea with you, I need to actually invite a friend to join me on stage. So I'm going to ask Miss Jessica Shoney to come join me on stage. If you'd give her a little round of applause. Hello. So I've asked Jessica to come and join me because she and some of her friends play a big part in how this idea played out. So Jessica, she's been a member of Connect uh, ever since the beginning. And uh, Case and I, we've known her and her family for even longer than that. Nick's her husband. And I just have to give Nick a shout out because he's here this morning. And he was the project manager on the entire building uh, of this job. He just did a fantastic job. And yeah, let's give him a little round of applause. Honestly, there was a point where I thought, you know, maybe I should be the project manager. Maybe I could kind of, and I, when I started to see what he had to do and all the, all the way into it, I was like, he was the man to do this. <laughs> he was definitely the guy. And uh, we actually have another family here at church, the Jones family. Brett Jones is here as well this morning, I think. He was our architect on the project. A lot of you look around here and say, this looks really good. Well, it's all because of Brett. So uh, let's give Brett a little round of applause as well. He's here somewhere. 
Brett and Nick just were a great team, and it was just brilliant working with them. But anyway, back to Jessica. So Jessica, brilliant girl, about four or five years ago, she started a new career, a home-based career with an organization called Monet. And uh, she's just been incredibly successful over the last three or four years, and her business has grown, and she's done some great things. But I knew Jessica personally. I know that she's got a heart for Jesus. I know that she's got a heart for missions. And I know that she's got a desire to give back and to make a difference in this world. So I had this crazy idea. I knew I couldn't afford to to build this $87,000 church in Ecuador, but I really felt like God wanted us to do it. And I knew that we had enough money in our missions budget to take a small group to Ecuador to see the work of compassion. So finally, one night, I just said, I've got to do this. I went around to meet with Jessica, and I went to ask her if she would consider her and some of her colleagues coming to Ecuador to see the work of compassion. And tell us about that night when I showed up. Well, it was the last thing I expected in the whole world. And (laughs) it was just... One of those God moments where you know where you just get Jesus goosebumps that you're like, oh my gosh, Dave has no clue. But he and Casey sitting in our living room that night, it was a huge answer to prayer because not one month ago, we had just left a big leadership convention that we have. And we actually, um, a huge part of our company is about giving back and it's a monate gratitude where they just encourage us to give back locally. Well, we have done that over the years but our teams are so widespread throughout the U.S. And we thought, this is, this is huge. Like, we have such a community of people. Like, we drove back from Nashville because bad weather happened. Our flights got canceled. We were crying in the car. Like, God, what do you want us to do? Because this is way more than shampoo. And mm-hmm. we were just like, what, what can we do? <laughs> but it was just... God was planning it all, yeah. and, and, and Dave was obedient and came that day, and that it was an answer to prayer. It was and, just a cool thing. And it was so good to hear this, because we, Jess and I have talked about this afterwards, because I had no idea that she'd been praying this prayer. I've been putting this off, because my purpose for meeting with Jessica is to say, hey, I'd like to take you and some of your friends to Ecuador on us. We're going to show you what they're doing, but there's a catch. At the end of the trip, I've got a very big ask I'm going to make, and that is that you and your colleagues and your your network of people that you're including, I'd like you to try and raise $87,000 to build this church for us. So I'm nervous about asking her, and finally I I kind of pluck up the courage to go and make the ask, thinking that maybe she'll be like, there's no way. And unbeknownst to me, she's been praying about it as well. So um, there was a group of us, Ashley and Katie are here this morning, give us a wave girls, two of the girls who came with us, and uh, and a couple of other girls. We all left and went to Ecuador, and there's a little video clip here of uh, our first day there. Talk to her and her husband about this idea of bringing them to Ecuador with the idea of them helping us plant a church down here. And back then it was a crazy dream, but God had so much bigger dreams than any of us could ever imagine. months um but it's been on our heart for years truly like jessica and i have always said like just keep praying for something to come because we wanted to help and we felt like 
there's got to be a need somewhere that God's intending us to be because he wouldn't be blessing us like this for no reason. To be a part of something so huge and so big and being around the volunteers, the people that are working in the trenches and we can be their answer to prayer. It's just such an amazing opportunity. If you can do something about something, you just gotta do it. So on that first day, we got, to, we got to go and visit one of these churches that we'd already helped build a few years ago. We saw compassionate work. We saw these beautiful children who are living in extreme poverty, but are so full of life and so happy and no, no different. And we saw the, the, this local church, this local compassion organization, rescuing, making a difference in the lives of these kids, feeding them, clothing them, educating them, giving them a, a, a step into uh, or out of the, the, the poverty cycle that they're in. So I knew after the first day that the girls were hooked, they're like, this is amazing. And I knew they would be because I'd seen it before. So we're watching it all and it's great. Well, then on day two, we actually get to go to the site. It was about an hour away where this church that we want to build is going to be built. There's actually land in place there and, um, where, where they want to build this church. So right now, everything's in place except for the funds to build the church itself. That's all they're waiting on. So we take the trip out there, we get there, and when we get there, on this land, they've set up this, uh, it's like these sticks, and you can see the picture behind me with a bag holding a rock and a hole underneath it. And they did this because they wanted, they knew we were coming, and they wanted us to, to cut the string so the rock would fall into the hole and bury it so that we could, you know, symbolically put the first rock in the ground that one day a church would be uh, built upon. And as the pastor and the leader of the church, I knew they were kind of expecting me to do that and say that prayer. But as we were getting ready, I just, I knew because of Jessica's heart for missions and vision, and I knew her passion. I thought, I, I think Jessica needs to cut the string. So I kind of leant over and put my arm around and said, I think you need to cut the string. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> So describe that moment when you were asked to and then what it was like cutting the string. Yes, I was sobbing. We all were sobbing. <laughs> They probably thought, these crazy Americans, yep. what's wrong with them? <laughs> but, um, well, besides just that rock going in, I mean, I thought, we got to come up with this money now. <laughs> like, it just kind of solidified it. Like, we can't not do this. We buried the first rock. Yeah. But what was so crazy to me in this, what I felt like, besides it being just the biggest honor ever, is it was this heaven representation of what was really going on. I got to be able to represent Connect Church, my Monate community, and alongside me, Cutting the Rock, was this woman in the community who had donated the land. She lived in poverty herself. Like, she could have sold this land and gotten her and her girls out of that place, but instead she saw the value of bringing this church and this community center into this area. So being able to cut that with her, I mean, it was just it was this picture of what God was doing in the, in, in the kingdom. Yeah. And it was, just, it was just phenomenal. And also, let me just say yeah. this, because this was cool. Yeah. The day before, we had, were talking in the bus, and I'm like, you guys, I think it'd be so awesome if we had a chance to bury something. Like, just something just like this moment that we can experience together. We put it here. We're committed. This is what God's calling us to do. Things got crazy. It was a whirlwind two days. We're like, oh, God knows, it's okay. We're like pulling up to the thing. We're just like, he knows our hearts. And they have this yeah. here to yeah. bury. And that moment was just like, 
God of the universe just connected with our hearts to this Ecuador community. And it was just, it was more confirmation that we were absolutely exactly where we were supposed to be. It was amazing. One of the cool things about the trip was um, the director of the company that Jessica works for, he's from Venezuela originally, and he and his family moved to America, uh, came from a very difficult background, if you know what's going on in Venezuela right now, but were able to come here, relocate. They built this big company. They're very successful. Uh, and the daughter of the director, uh, she, her role, one of her roles in the company is this gratitude that Jessica talks about. She's talking to all of her employees, all the people around the country. You know, There, there are ways that... Um, um, you can give back and make a difference in your community. And this isn't a Christian company, but this is just their values. They want to see give back. So when she heard about this, she wanted to come on the trip as well and see what was going on. So it was really cool being there and seeing things through her eyes because just a couple of countries away is where she grew up, but she's very familiar with the poverty and what it's like. So in this next clip, you're going to get to see the actual area where we wanted to build the church, and Lou is her name. She'll be talking about it. So check this out. Near to Manta, Ecuador, um, and we are visiting the land where um, the center, the community center, church for these kids, um, it's going to be built. And it's just been very emotional for me, uh, for everyone, I think, but for me especially because I just see how these people in these communities have so much need still. They are so full of gratitude towards God and towards the, um, just towards everything that is happening. So if you see here, this whole land, this whole thing was donated by one of the community members, one of the, of the actually one of the women that live in this community, um, talked to the pastor and said, hey, I have this land, I can donate it. And the pastor actually found out that Compassion and Stadia um, were up to do uh, a project here like a few days before that conversation. So that was pretty awesome to hear. And this is where um, we just put the first rock for the community center ever. So Jesse put it along with the person that donated the land. And then we also put um, some prayers and some little notes. This was a very special moment for everyone. This this trip has been life-changing, but this moment specifically has been one of a kind. So I told you earlier that before meeting with Jess, I just, I kept waking up. I couldn't stop thinking about this idea that I believed that God wanted us to do this. So being there in Ecuador in that moment, and you just saw it in the video, you saw me write down on a a piece of paper there. And we talked about it the night before, how cool it would be to bury a prayer or something like that. And we got to do it because they'd already dug the hole for us. Um, But I took a picture of the prayer that I wrote down. I want to show you that here real quick. So... It says, God, you have blessed us here with a wonderful building in Washington. Thank you that we can be a part of helping provide this community with a building too. That was my dream. As I buried that in the ground that day, I was like, I don't want to just build a church in Washington. I want to be a part of building a church here as well. And we were excited, weren't we, on that last day? We're like, we can do this. (laughs) 
but then we had to try and figure out how, because <laughs> $87,000 is a lot of money. But Jess and Katie, who's here this morning, and Ashley, who's here this morning, uh, and a couple of others, they started to, to talk about this vision and this dream, and they started to tell others who told others who told others, and they just started to spread the word. And five weeks later, just five weeks later, Jess comes up with a check for $87,000 for us to build that church in Ecuador. Lots of really great people out in this world. And it literally was, wasn't it? I mean, it was hundreds of people. Oh, who... it was. We, we actually, these T-shirts, another person that's within the company with us, she has a T-shirt company. We went to her with this idea, like, can we can we do t-shirts? 30 grand we brought in from yeah, t-shirts alone. 2,500 people bought yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is a dream come true this morning for me on our grand opening weekend to celebrate not just that God has blessed us with this incredible building here in the middle of Washington that I know he's going to use to impact our community. But again, thanks to you giving regularly, that we had enough money to take Jess and the girls to Ecuador and they thank had enough so influence. Much. Yeah, we were able to build another building in Ecuador. So thank you so much, Connect Church. And before I say thanks one more time to Jessica, I want to say a prayer for her because she is an incredible leader and we are blessed to have her in this church. She's got some great leaders she works alongside with. And um, next weekend, she talked about that convention that she was driving back from with Ashley, that national convention. Well, it's coming up next weekend, and she's actually going to be one of the main speakers at that convention next weekend. She'll be speaking to 8,000 people. (laughs) She's not in the least bit nervous. Um, But just in case she gets nervous between now and then, I want to say a prayer for you. So... Jesus, we love you so much. We love Jess and uh, just the plan you've got for her life. Thank you, God, that uh, you've chosen to bless her and Nick and the family, but already inside of her was this desire to love you and to spread the love of Jesus and to uh, make a difference in her life and in her world and this desire and this heart she has for missions. Thank you, Lord, for using her and thank you that she's now a connection. She's a part of the Connect story and what you're accomplishing both locally and globally. So bless her, I pray. Bless the others that are here this morning. Lord, thank you for them. And thank you for what you're doing in this community. Help her to do a great job next weekend at this convention. Just shine through her, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jess. (laughs) So as I said earlier, Matthew, before telling anyone about who Jesus was and what he could do. He started way back with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and all the way up to Jesus because he knew it was important that his audience understood that Jesus didn't just show up, that there were these connections throughout history for thousands of years that had led to that point when Jesus was there. And this wasn't just an accident that Jesus showed up. God had a plan. God was pursuing a relationship with man. And and this plan had had been coming all the way through Scripture to the point of Jesus coming. And I wanted you to know this morning, before we begin our journey here as Connect Church in our brand new building, that there has been a plan going on for the last six years. Connections with schools and um, businessmen in the community who purchased this building and offerings and many, many other stories, connections that have brought us to this morning. Because just like that song we sang earlier called Reckless Love, I believe we serve a God who recklessly loves every one of you this morning, who is pursuing you, who wants a relationship with you. 
And all of these things have happened for a purpose because God desperately wants to have a relationship with you. And you're not here this morning by accident. You're not here this morning just to wish us well or cheer us on. There is a reason that you're here this morning, and that is that God wants you to know how much he loves you, that you are a part of that plan. You're a part of that journey and that story, and he wants a relationship with you. So thank you for coming and celebrating with us our grand opening in our new home. But please know that I believe the reason you're here is because Jesus wants you to know how special you are and wants to have a relationship with you. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the wonderful stories of how you've been at work uh, in such a miraculous way. We, we couldn't take credit for what's been going on because it is so out of our control, but you've obviously had this plan. Through your plan, Lord, through these connections, Lord, we've been able to make an impact both in the lives of people locally, nationally, and globally. Lord, today we celebrate the opening of a church in Washington and at the same time, another church in Ecuador. We are so grateful, Lord, for what you've been able to accomplish through us, Lord. But the most important thing isn't the global, it isn't the national, it isn't even the local, it's the individual, it's the personal. Father, I pray everyone here this morning who can hear my voice, Lord, would just know that personally you have a plan for their life. You love them dearly. You, the reason Jesus came was to, to, to create that relationship because you love us so much, Lord. Don't let us miss that opportunity to have a relationship with you. And I pray everyone here would discover that relationship and how much you love them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.